The following podcast is a production of Hardly Awesome Studios in association with the network. Find us at BICBP-radio.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Shadows. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by Jim Clark. Yo, yo, yo. We are in your place this time. Yes, we uh, we remodeled my apartment this past weekend to be a recording studio. Sweet. Um, so, Sweet. Yeah. Uh, he's got it all done up just like a recording studio. We got the little red light that says on air and everything. The man. giant glass where everybody's sitting in the, uh, in the green room watching us. Yep. Like seven people in there. And we don't know any of them? No, I don't know we who don't any know of who them they are. are. They just started walking in and doing drugs. I was like, I guess this is a legit studio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, dude. Um, this is exciting. We're back, dude. We're back into the 80s in this episode. Yeah. 1982. Yes. In, a, in, a, in an interesting way. Ooh, isn't it interesting, man? We It's weird, too, coming off of Rob Zombie films, like the stylized, oh, updated yeah, the versions of... And yeah, then jumping back what's into What's acceptable. 80s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's acceptable, for sure. Um, this is going to be fun. To say the least. <laughs> so... Let's just let's just jump into the first part of the show before we get into the movie. Let's start talking some news, man, because there's okay. some stuff happening in the news, and we're like, let's we haven't done a news thing at the beginning of the show for a little bit, so let's jump in. Okay. Um, oh, you know what? I'll start it off. Do it. Yeah. Nice transition there. So Rob Zombie. There you go. His Halloween movie uh, got dethroned as the Memorial Day uh, box office king. Now, is that a thing? Is that do you want to be known as the movie that hits it big on Memorial Day weekend? Oh yeah, that's a badge of honor, dude. Was wasn't um wasn't Independence Day a Memorial Day weekend movie when it first came out? The Will Smith was one? it or was it an Independence Day movie? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know if they timed it for the Fourth of July. I think if it they might did have been it, a Memorial they're fucking Day morons. Weekend. I'll have to look into that, dude. Um, so that's a thing, right? I guess that uh, you you want your film to be known as the one that topped the box office during that weekend, yeah. right? Yep. Because everybody, nobody's going to school. Nobody's really working. It's like that's the time people go to the movie. Everybody's theater. going to the movies because now they have to go back to school. Yes. So uh, you go check out your, you go check out the movies and you top the list. It's a badge of honor. Which one was it? Which was Halloween 2? No, no, no. The first one. The first one. Oh, the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, everybody wanted to go good, out there. Dude. Yeah. Everybody, everybody was wanted like, to see oh, what he's going to do. Fuck yeah, man. He got dethroned this past Memorial Day, huh? 1996, July 3rd, 1996, Independence Day. When it was released. Oh, you're right. It was the Independence Day weekend. Yeah, I'm thinking, dude, they they, nice. they dropped the ball on that one if they didn't do it that way. So yes, he was dethroned by Shang Chi. Which you know what? Okay, you throw any movie on any weekend. Of course, if it's a Marvel movie, it's going to make the most money on that weekend ever. They're going to hold the records for fucking ever, dude. You I'll be honest compete. with you though. I'm surprised because generally speaking, films that aren't headed by the already established names for Marvel recently are not enjoying the same kind of numbers and then on top of it usually if it's a film with a um a minority as the lead okay. you're not seeing many people run out for that film right 
I think the last time we saw that happen where it blew everyone away was Black Panther. Yeah. But people were excited for that. I haven't really thought, heard much people saying, oh, dude, I can't wait to see Shang-Chi, dude. Can you wait to see yeah, that? No, that's true. So to be honest, that's kind of surprising that it did well or that well to be considered like the top box office earner. Um, But is but then, so what was the, the did you see what the earnings were or what Rob Zombie's film earned back then? Oh, and how no, big, I didn't big of see a the numbers. I guess it'd be a big difference still too in 96, especially to, well, and, compared and, and to this year when they, when they do that shit, dude, I really hope that um, they account for inflation and they're not just like, oh, well this movie 13 years ago made X amount of dollars. Yeah, there has to be some sort of saying, you know, if it had been around today, this is what it would have made. Okay, so Shang-Chi made $90 million. Wow, that's a lot of money, dude. Uh, yes. Uh, Rob Zombies. Okay, 14 years ago is when that movie came out. $90 million. And with yeah, that $90 dude. million, I wonder how much did they spend to make the film? How much, like, how much was is that considered the budget success? budget for Shang-Chi? You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, you're also talking. You're also talking Marvel and Disney. That's expecting those big numbers out of those true, films. True, true. And is that considered a success for them? Like Disney's going to look at that and be like, "Nope, yeah, that we're wasn't not making good any enough. more Shang Chi movies." Yeah, yeah. It, it was supposed to be like two hundred million. Yeah, right. Not ninety million. Interesting. So yeah, there. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if. Um, we'll see what Rob's. When's Monster supposed to come out? I don't know, dude. They haven't even finished building the house yet. Yeah, I just saw dude, him posting it again though. the other day. It's coming along. They haven't, uh... It's looking good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude, whenever that comes out, I'd like to see what those kinds of numbers are. And whether or not they're going to release it solely in the theater, or they're going to drop it on some streaming service as well. I would hope they put it on. Well, no, I, I fucking make people go to the theater. Yeah, it depends you on think... who's distributing it. Who's distributing it? Universal? Um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Isn't it? Don't they have the monsters? I think so. Dude, just think about it, though. You would think, right? Like, we talked about Halloween. Halloween Kills was supposed to come out in theaters, and then it got pushed back, and it got pushed back. They true, kept pushing it back. True, now true. they're going to be releasing it, and then they just dropped the news that not only are they releasing it in theaters, it'll also be simultaneously released on Paramount Plus yeah. streaming services. I'm going to still see it in the theater because I feel like that's the kind of environment to watch that movie. No, no, absolutely. I, I, any movie I like to see in the movie theater. I don't care. Dude. As that's much as possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. As much as you possibly can. But uh, this is going to it's it keeps going back and forth, man, because wasn't that the big reason uh, there's this big thing happening with Scarlett Johansson and Disney because because of the simultaneous the release, money, on right? Both of them. So how she does expected that work? it to be a theatrical release where they would have made a boatload more money, right? Yeah, no, I have no and idea. And this dude. feels like out of nowhere they announced this, so it doesn't feel like that was the plan all along for Halloween Kills. Which no. means, what does that do to everyone's contract who worked on the film? Yeah, in terms of revenue. Because I it don't is know, shown, as, it, it is shown that they're losing money that way because. Typically, right? You and I enjoy the, the the experience of going to a theater, but if it's yes. people who don't like that experience, but they still want to watch that film, they're the ones that are buying it or who have the service and then pay whatever the fee is to watch it, and then having like ten or twelve of their friends come over and watch it all together. So and all those people who never have to go yes. to the theater for it. You're paying what thirty dollars? Okay, so think about it. It's probably two tickets. Oh, easily two tickets. You have ten people come over for a watch party. He already Done. lost money. Done. Stupid. I don't understand why they're doing it. I don't know, man. I, I can't see it. I cannot see that being a financial 
a financial gain for them in any sense. Yeah. And that's the other side of it. It's, it's your numbers are never going to be accurate. Then you can't say this many people saw your film again. One person has the paramount subscription See, and they 10 people watch it, but they don't care about that. They care about the money, which if you want to break it down, we can get that? into this discussion, dude, because how are you going to release a movie in standard right at a movie theater yeah, and charge, yeah. charge $10 a ticket. But then yeah. you're going to release a Marvel movie in 3D, IMAX, regular, smell-o-vision, yep. moving chairs, yep. and charge all kinds of different prices. And then, oh, this movie made so much more money than that one. Well, of course, because you're charging twice as much for people to be able to to move in a fucking chair while they're watching the movie. It's true, dude. You know? Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I Like I said, I'm going to still see it in theaters, but yeah. I am going to be interested to see the headlines after or or the the... The you know what was made yeah how yeah, it yeah. looks because it it it's back and forth man there's that side that's like this is what we've always wanted right imagine if we could be just stay at home and watch movies right when they're released I don't like that I remember being younger thinking that being in a theater watching movies with my friends and just thinking wouldn't it be sweet if we could just watch this at home and not have to come out and now think about it you're like ah, I kind of don't like that anymore that's what I'm saying there's an up up and down for it it's crazy yeah. no I hear you dude. So, because uh, I know some studios are doing like uh, they're going to release it in theaters, and then like three months after that, then they're going to put it on streaming. Yeah, instead of what typically waiting it was like a normal, year or, nor- yeah, or something like something that, like that, nine months. Um, see, and I don't mind that. Or yeah, if that's you're, fine. See, yeah, I was going to say, or if you stream first, but because then the people who wanted like to that. go out and see it at the theater have plenty of time to go and see don't it at the theater. It. Yeah. I mean, you're still your numbers are still going to be off because people and are just going to go. Well, you know what? Theaters. I've waited eight years for a sequel to uh, whatever movie. I can wait another three months and wait till it's on demand. Exactly. You know, who knows, man? Who knows? I, don't um, know. I know, don't. You know what I wish though? I wish uh, I wish it was vice versa. Sometimes I so I watch these movies on Shutter or like mm-hmm. or or Netflix or whatever when it's direct there, like not in the theaters at all. And I think to myself, what if like you did a thing where people started watching it on streaming and you heard the buzz was good. Right. And then they did this thing where now it's a limited in the theater. So it's like, Ooh, I'm not going to watch it on streaming. I'll go see it in theaters now. I don't think they're going to do that because they're not going to make enough money from people going to the theater to make up for what they would spend to put it in theaters. Cause it's everybody's going to be like, well, that, why huh? am I going to do that? It's already it's on a lot to, to do it on a limited thing where it's yeah. limited theaters across the country. No, it's not. I don't think it's difficult to do that, but now you're talking about planning, planning the release of a, of a feature film in theaters after it's already been released. What if shutter had, uh, does some sort of contract or does, I don't know, they come up with a deal with, a, with the theaters, right? Theater systems where like maybe there's one theater and all the different Do you want to finish this statement or do you want to hold this statement and we can use it? Oh, <laughs> well, listen, I'm going to say it now. <laughs> right. And then if we're like, Nope, let's cut it out. We cut it out. All right. So shutter makes a deal with all the theaters where, you know, all the stuff that's direct to them. Mm-hmm. There's one night a month or or maybe this is the only theater where you can go see Shutter films. Well, I was thinking like like what they do is they release it in theater on a Friday. You have Saturday, Sunday to go and see it at the theater. And then Monday it's on the streaming platform. Yeah, I think they should do that shit. Because, well. And then it's still in theaters for another week and a half. For people who still want to go out and see it at the theater, I think typically a lot of the stuff that Shutter gets that's tip, you know, that's considered a Shutter exclusive, has had a release somewhere in a theater. Obviously, right? These films have their not the Shutter originals, so that's what really you, you don't think so. About. The Shutter originals, yeah, like no, because they were made for Shutter specifically, specifically. So it's not There's like a they difference had it between a Shutter a- original 
and an exclusive. And a Shutter exclusive. Yeah. Let's see the originals in theaters. Yes. So is this Malignant an original or no? I don't know. I don't think so. I think... It's James Wan. It's a big deal, though. I'm going to say it's a big deal only because it just released, and I have a a lot of horror that I follow on Twitter. Okay, a lot of you know actors, actresses, uh, horror fans. I'm I'm friends with a lot of horror fans, uh, mostly through the Joe Bob Briggs show. Okay, Um, but they're constantly you know tweeting about movies they're watching. Check this out. Check that out. So it's really cool to kind of have you know friends with them that way on Twitter. But I've never seen a film come out as recently as this that was been so divisive, dude. I see. I just heard it was bad. I see like fifty percent of the people on there like this was garbage. I can't believe I wasted my time. And if you think it's good, you have no taste in horror. I know, dude. Divisive in the horror community. Typically, you see that Hang once in a on, while. There's though. elitist, but then there's the other side of it. I heard there's people being like. Don't listen to those people. Give this movie a chance. You're going to find out it's brilliant. You're going to see it's amazing. Okay. And that James Wan just did basically whatever the fuck he wanted to. But let me ask you this. The people who are saying these things. Yes. Who are these people? That's what I'm saying. Are these people, the people who are bashing it, are these the people who go in expecting a horror movie? Or are these people who go in expecting an elevated horror movie? Thank you. See, now you're talking on a different level. You're not talking... That's the thing. Yes. I think these are people who don't, I don't want to say they don't understand, but they don't, maybe they, they don't, don't appreciate the nuances it's, of the, it's an the elevation. Taste, yes. Like a nice aged wine. Yes. Of the elevation sometimes that's required. There's a certain type of, I don't know, comp- I don't want to say comprehension, but a certain type of appreciation that you kind of have to have for a style of filmmaking to get it. There's two types of people in the world, Chris. There's people who love elevated horror and there's people who don't know they love, they love it, yeah. <laughs> until that one movie hits them they're like i gotta go revisit like, oh, everything shit. else i've been looking at everything in the wrong light yeah dude so uh yeah this is this is pretty divisive and it makes me feel like okay now i have to watch this now yeah. i have to see what's the deal why is everyone back and forth and am i gonna love it or hate it so how about we do a special episode for it? At some point, okay. we'll watch it and then record a special episode. Just I'll drop it in the middle of the week somewhere. Week, dude. Sweet. Let's do it. All right. Let's just do something. Coming, coming at you soon. Our, our review of Malignant. Um, but that's not what we're doing now, dude. No, we're jumping back no. into the 80s. Yes. Let's go back. 1982. Yes. Good times, man. Good times. I, I was four years old. I was 10 years shy of being born. <laughs> yep that's crazy dude crazy 1982 we're jumping back into the horror uh if you're new to this we follow the in search of darkness documentary each year we talk about the movies that they talk about in order and then in between the years we kind of do these these the uh the interludes side quests yes, interludes, the interludes. Uh, we did Rob Zombie. We're done with those. We're jumping back into the 80s and we're jumping back. 1982, Cat People. What did they tell you about me? I knew I had a brother, but I was only four. Hmm. I used to fantasize about you when I was in the orphanage. Yes, I had the same dreams. See I didn't think you were ready, but you are. I knew it when I saw you with him. 
Your whole body burns. I'm not like you! You tell yourself that it's love. But it isn't. It's blood. Death. Which Wikipedia has listed as an erotic horror. Do they really? Yes. And I have to be honest, man. Like I remember slightly them talking about this in the documentary about something about how it was like creepy when you first see her face, you know, showing up all kind of cat like looking. And it was also kind of fucking weird when you saw like the paws coming out of the knuckles and all that. Like I remember that, but I didn't remember too much of what was said in it. So I wasn't sure what we were getting into. I'd never seen this. And when they said this was the remake of the original, I don't remember this being like that in the original. Maybe it was. Maybe I wasn't paying attention in class. I don't know. I never saw the original. But. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I did not know what I was getting into. Walking out of the theater. What's your first your first reaction? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? Uh, What what was that? Uh, That's not what I thought I was getting into. Um But you know what? I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. Wow. Okay. Yeah. We're definitely going to talk about this. I thought to myself, what is happening? Yeah. Because the opening I was into, I was like, okay, so this is opening on this kind of like desert land and you see all the bones and it's like kind of almost apocalyptic looking and the sky, everything's all red. It's like the storm's coming in. You see this whole thing go down, right? With like the tribal people and yeah. they bring the girl to the tree and tie her up and here comes the panther. And mm-hmm. I was like, all right, this is crazy cool, right? And then we fade to this girl in the so Let's airport. talk about that opening room. Yeah. Quick. Ready? I was down. I was like, this is cool. Especially Reminded listening me, to David Bowie humming in the background yes, the whole dude. time, dude. Reminded me a lot of 2001. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. I see that okay. big time. And also, did you ever see the movie, uh, The Green Inferno? No, the never Eli saw Roth that. movie. Okay. No. So this movie is basically about these uh, group of, I think they're environmentalists, they're flying back, they're plane crashes, and then they get eaten by a tribe of cannibals, okay? So the one cannibal in the tribe has his face painted, and it's yellow. Yeah. And it's got black coming up the sides of his mm-hmm. mouth, but it's going down, right? The dude in this movie, there was a dude coming up when they were taking her to the tree. Yeah. His face was yellow and he had black coming off the side, but it went up. So it was interesting, interesting. to see that and say, hey, I've seen that before. Huh. 
and wonder if there's any sort of inspiration taken there by Elon Maybe, Roth. Right? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, dude. Um, I was in, man. I was like, okay, this is going to yeah. be cool, right? And then we fade to a Her. world that's not that world. That looked like some sort of like post-apocalyptic future almost, but then kind of ancient at the same time. Okay. Like it, it really did. I was like, what is happening with this thing? And then we go all of a sudden to, we fade to, uh, well, first this girl, let's say that this girl in this tribe gets pulled away. She gets tied up, right? Mm-hmm. And when she comes down, she's different. And the camera slowly starts to pan in on her face. And then it starts to shift and, and like crossfade into modern day. And what's her name? Who plays this woman? This, uh, the, the, uh, Natasha Kinski. Yeah. Natasha Kinski plays this, um, Elena, Alina, something like that. Uh, Irene. Irene, was it? I think it's Irene. Maybe it is Irene. Yeah, yeah. Um, dang, what was wrong with me? <laughs> yeah, but we uh, see Irene, this- Irena. Irena? Irena. That's what it was. She's in an airport. We find that she's kind of arriving. Yeah. And here comes Malcolm McDowell. Oh, I love me some Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he's uh he's not super young in this. No, but this is younger McDowell. No, because my first introduction to Malcolm McDowell was Clockwork Orange. Yeah, he's was a like kid 10 almost. Years before right? this. Yeah, yeah, eleven years before this. So now we have him in this movie, and uh, through their interaction, we find out that he says something like "Welcome home." And and at first, I was I wasn't sure what the relationship was until mm-hmm. they say "brother sister." At some point, they said something, and then they start kind of discussing, you know. I don't know that she's been away for a long time. And he says things about, don't you oh, remember they were, we were kids they were in the orphanage and they were adopted. She was adopted or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then it gets really uncomfortable. All of a sudden he's just trying to fuck her, dude. It's yeah. Yeah. Like he's looking at her a certain way. Like, so let me ask you a question. What was at the it? very beginning? Like, remember like they're talking, he's really kind of hovering real closer. He brings her to this cabin of all his toys. Oh yeah. And, shit. And, the, and the looks he gives yes. dude are like, very dude, like, trying to oh. jump on his girl. Dang. And then he crawls into her room and jumps up on her bed and just kind of stares at her in the dark. Like he's yeah. perched at the end of her bed, dude. Yeah, and I was like, dude. what is happening? So what, what is it with the eighties and, and, incest in horror movies dude i don't know man because after this you have amityville horror too yeah you know what i mean and, yeah. and I, I can't name specific movies but i know i've seen it in other movies they look so that's the thing with horror right is playing yeah. with taboo mm-hmm. uh taboo mm-hmm. subject matter and so it feels i don't know it, it feels like the 80s they just jumped into this and went like let's go and see where this goes make people feel uncomfortable because yeah. you do i did at least i'm oh, watching yeah. this i'm like this is kind of the looks weird. Dude, what's the happening looks, he, here he placed those looks and those looks were so fucking spot on that it was so weird, dude. Yeah. Like, oh, really? But uh, instead, he ends up going off with some. So what was it? Uh, uh, which one? The first night when he first goes and he he's like kind of sitting on her bed, but then he leaves. He doesn't oh, end up staying. Oh, you mean there. um uh the the prostitute? Yes. Okay. Lynn, it was Lynn Lowry. Lynn Lowry. Lynn, Lynn Lowry. Lowry has been in a couple local films. Oh, really? Yes. This was Lynn Lowry in 1982. Interesting. Yes. Wow. Uh, Through the story, we find out that he turns into a panther, basically. Right? But we don't know that yet. Well, it's inferred. Like, we start to be like, okay, so that's him. Yes. Right? That's him. Yes. But yeah, we don't know that. Instead, we're introduced to... Wait, wait, hold on. How did they catch him again, initially? 
Because he, oh, he was a prostitute. The, yeah, he was. In yeah, the because room with she the he he attacked her. He he bit her leg, the and door. then she got out. Uh, so then they locked him in, and then called the. Uh, Called uh, uh, Mr. McAllister. Yes, and, Peter uh, McAllister, Beverly, dude. Beverly, uh, what's her last name? Oh, I can't remember her last name. Beverly to come in. Uh, what is she from? What is she's she from, from? It. That's Beverly from That's It. That's where dude. I keep seeing her. I'm like, where is she from? I know yes. her from somewhere from It. And that O'Toole, yeah. A few more years later, she'll do It, right? What year did they do? 1990. Oh, yeah, it is quite a few years later. Yeah. Uh, dang, she didn't look like she aged much from then to no. 90. Damn. No. Um. She so, still doesn't look like she's aged that much, dude. So yeah, dude. So he gets caught in this room with this prostitute, ends up killing her, becoming the Panther, and they call a zoo the zookeeper basically, <laughs> and his assistant to bring the Panther down. And they do. They bring it in. And at first, if uh, okay, so for '80s people who watch TV in the '80s, the TV show Night Court. There used to be a show Night mm-hmm. Court. John Lara John Larroquette played a lawyer. Well, in this one, he I don't know who he was, but he's telling the dude to euthanize the cat. He's just like, <laughs> just kill him. He's like, we don't do that here. He's like, I had to try. He's like, Jesus, this dude's a dick. Uh, but yeah, they end up having the panther, right? And the panther's locked up. And meanwhile, back at Irina's world, um, she's waking up and her brother's not there. And she goes off and kind of, you know, tours the city without him looking for and comes back. She, he's still not mention, there. What city are we in? Yeah, what is this? New York City? No, oh, you don't know. We're in New Orleans. Oh, it was New Orleans. Yes, yes, that's right. It was New Orleans. I couldn't. I almost forgot. Yeah, in New Orleans, she goes and sees the sights, and um, when she comes back, she she comes across the the zoo, and that's where she sees the panther. She has this kind of like, oh, I don't know. It's a weird connection, right? Like she's like, oh, I know who this is, and she's looking at him, and she'll she's sitting there she sketching him. It. It's the animal instinct, dude. She's sketching him and stuff, and that's when uh. It's the late at night. They're supposed to be shut down and she's still there sketching. And that's when Peter McAllister's uh, sees her and goes, mm-hmm. hey, you, what are you doing here? And she goes off running and he goes running after her and she leaps to the top of a tree. And he's just like, hey, how'd you do that? How'd you get up there? <laughs> right. He's like, come on down. You don't want to hurt yourself, little missy. Uh, I like how he asked her, how'd you get up there? And then, no, let me help you down. And then there was yeah. nothing else after that. <laughs> but I also love how this guy is just like very much like you're going to live with me. You're going to do this. I don't care what you have to say. Okay. <laughs> Everything yes. about this guy. Okay. Let's keep going. We'll talk about this. Uh, Dude, it's just, see, this is where it started to get really bizarre with me. I'm like, what in the, like, this is crazy because I can, I can, it's not like I can't follow the story. Yes. I can follow the story. It's just, there's a lot of things in the in-between. Like, like what he done? Who did this film again? Oh, the director? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, what was Paul name? Schrader. Schrader. What he does here is like, he does a lot of these things where he holds on a lot of scenes or shows mm-hmm. you a lot of transitional scenes and then goes right into something that you're just kind of like, it's ambiguous. You're supposed to kind of assume and then go on, right? Like there's a okay. few moments where it's not really clear what's happening, like from one scene to the next until you were like deep into the next scene. You're like, Oh, okay. So this happened. I can't remember. I wish I would have wrote down like the exact moment. Yeah. Overall, though, I was starting to go, okay, so what's happening here, right? What's the point to this story yet? And also, aside from that woman getting her her like leg kind of shredded, like, mm-hmm. isn't this supposed to be a horror film? Like, how far are we into this film? And, and I'm still it's, waiting for something to happen. Again, what kind of horror? Uh, yeah, keep yeah. going. No, keep talking. Ta- you're right, because you're talking. It's on a different level here. But I can see the the horror part of it in terms of like you know, the transformation of people and animals mm-hmm. like werewolves and then the gore factor in this. Yes. Absolutely, because dude. 
um oh what's his name who plays the other assistant um i love this guy he's in the movie oh, transylvania yes. six five thousand with um okay uh what's his name from the fly oh, Jurassic uh, Park. Oh, um, uh, oh, fuck. Ian, Bo- Ian Je- uh, Jeff Goldblum. Yes, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, Thank I you. I cannot remember Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum is in this movie with uh, Transylvania 65000 with this guy. I can't remember his name right now. It's driving me effing nuts. But he goes in and he's like spraying the panther down and like he's trying to clean the cage, trying to hit him with the, yeah, with the prod and stuff. He's not moving. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, which. I know back then they didn't really have as many things to kind of protect animals and how they were used in films. So sometimes I see yeah, these things I, and I feel I saw uncomfortable, that, like, dude. Like even when they were when they uh, had him in the in the room after he killed the prostitute the first one, yeah. and they they shot him with a tranquilizer dart, and the way that 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 panther reacted, yeah, I was like, that's not kosher, dude. I think they really did <laughs> shoot like it with that. the dart and put they it. They shot probably shot it with something because the next that one scene later where they used it, it looked like he was dead. He was still alive. He was just super sedated. That's why his tongue was sticking out. Yeah, he was super sedated. If you watch it, you can see him breathe super slowly. You can see him oh, breathing. Really? Yeah, and I saw something um, later on about the making of the film where. Uh, they were a little annoyed with Peter McAllister because he was ha- the way he was handling the cat when he was bringing him off. The cat ends up kind of banging his head on the thing, and somebody off screen goes "easy," and you can catch Dang. it on certain recordings, like a DVD version. You can hear it. Uh, John heard they were mad at. Yeah, really. Yeah, because he was he was like just kind of pulling the cat off, and yeah, it was it was a real cat. So I was kind of like, yeah, I don't know if I'm okay with that. Yeah. So anyway, um, but you know what. But it's done and over with. Nothing yeah. we can do about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. So I'm watching okay. it. It is the film, right? So, yeah. So we see this happen. He gets his fucking arm rit. Oh, my God, dude. I was like, holy shit. That is horrific as hell. Damn. Yeah. And your girl's just standing there staring. Like, not screaming nothing. She's just like, <laughs> like what? On her nice white shoes. Oh, my God. It was so crazy, bro. Um, Yeah. But we basically come to find out that's the thing, right? That that Ian McDowell is this panther. Ian McDowell, where the fuck you pulling Ian McDowell, nose Jesus from, Christ. Dude? Malcolm McDowell <laughs> is this panther. Let's call him Loomis for Christ's sake. Loomis, <laughs> Loomis is this panther. What was his character in Clockwork? Uh, uh, Alex DeLarge. It's yeah, Alex. We call him Alex. Uh, oh, no, geez. we can't no, use no. that. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Scratch that from the record. Anyway, yeah, so Malcolm McDowell's character is this panther, right? We we get this idea. We see this moment where he has the eyes. We have a little a, a moment of it later, too, because well, he escapes. The, the first time we find out is when he jumps up on her bed, and the way he jumps up on the bed. Yeah, that's when you, you have an tell. idea yes. something's happening. Well, he I mean, ends up you know es- you're watching the movie Cat People. What else can it be? Yeah, he ends up escaping, right? And, the, and, and he... he uh, where does he go? He goes back home and she's like, where have you been? He's been like, I've been gone, but now I need to fuck you. And like, what the shit is happening? Oh, yeah, right now, now he's really trying to fuck. That's where he's, t- he's telling her, like, we're meant to do this. This is how it's supposed to be. I'm like, dude, this is getting crazy now. And she's like, don't touch me. Don't touch me. And she's all freaking out and shit. Um, and what happened next? Because there's from that moment. Well, they killed him, remember? And then she kind of becomes more. They don't animalistic. kill him yet because something happened first before he kills him. She so, what was it? They came. They were going after him because they went to the there to get him. And uh, remember, he's not there now. Oh, because he was trying to fuck her, and then she ran away. That's what and it then was. She uh, she came Oliver, back. Right? She ran. Well, she ran into um, she ran into a police car in the alley, and then the police car showed up. And then That's they what said, it was. Um, "That's what it was." Thank you. Thank and then you. uh. 
they were like, okay, well, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. She wasn't going to press charges, nothing like that. Yeah. Didn't even mention it. And then another cop car pulls up and the dog smells something. So starts going go ballistic. The so they check That's it out right. and they find the bones in the basement with the cage. So they think he's a serial killer. Using this panther to Who's been people. feeding people to this panther. Yes. And that's where the panther came from. And I love that. Well, the first time is that they bring the zoologist into this. Like here, you know, what is this? This is your panther. It's This is what it's been used for. This is where it came from. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's there. But it feels like any time after that, this became one of those movies where it was like, what Dude, these like, guys in all honesty, <laughs> like they're not letting that zoologist run up to them. You know what I mean? Like, no, they're closing a bridge down, and he's just like, "It's okay, I'm the zookeeper." He's like, "Oh, okay, you can go through." I was like, okay, no. but, okay, but hang on, okay, <laughs> Jurassic Park, you're gonna let an archaeologist that deals right. with dead dinosaurs right, tell dude. you all oh, this dinosaur sick? You're right, dude. Uh, yeah, no, you're right, you're right. So anyway, so that happens, right? And so he's kind of on the lamb, and while he's out there, he ends up fucking another prostitute and killing her or something. Didn't he do that? Because what was that when he had the slime on him and he's just like eating it? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, what happened? Or was that was that at the beginning? Now I can't remember. I feel like that was the second time. Yeah, because he woke up on the floor of the bathroom. Oh, that's when he woke up, I think, after he escaped. Okay, okay. That's what it was. And it was like he had a piece of bologna oh, on his stomach God, and he it was ate nasty, it. Like, whatever that shit was. How'd you get bologna from? And the way he was just <laughs> munching on it, dude. Yeah, it made no, me want to vomit. I was like, <laughs> Oh, you know that somebody's fucking skin. Oh, was. whatever it was, or his. Some because there was all Something. this molting thing happening yeah. with his body and stuff, right? When they cut the can, the fucking can open later, and you see the body in there, you know why? Yeah, yeah. That ends up what that, that's what ends up happening because he ends up fucking another prostitute and turning into a cat, and that's when they end up getting him. They kill yep. him, and uh, they take the cat back, and he starts because to, he actually killed that prostitute. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was brutally. Where was he? He saw her in the graveyard, that one? I don't remember where he Yeah, that's that the one where from. she was in the graveyard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was okay. Yeah. She's like, don't worry about it. I know it. this happens to men all the time. I'll help you out. He's <laughs> like, yeah, you will. <laughs> and I'm going to eat your ass. But that was when we saw transformation. That's when we saw his face start to yes. look crazy. We saw the paws ripping out of his hand and shit. It was crazy, dude. Um, Then, now he's dead. Right. Yep. So he goes and he cuts open this fucking panther and all of a sudden this hand comes out, this arm. And then mustard gas. Yeah. And it, then it all <laughs> of a sudden it deteriorates. Sort of the entire panther just fucking, it's like an acid bubble. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, what the fuck? This is crazy. Blah, blah, blah. And the whole time he still has this feeling like something's off here. Something's going on. Like he's drawing pictures of this girl's eyes and matching it with the cat's eyes. You know yep. what I mean? He knows something's up. And this is where she at first is like, you know, I'm out of here. Don't I can't do this anymore. She's trying to leave, right? Oh, um, and 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 let's let's not forget this. This is important. She is a virgin. Yes, yes. That's a big thing to this whole thing. Everybody's yes. trying to fuck her. That's and she's why like, she's no. never turned into a cat like her brother. Yeah, this is where we find this out because she's taking getting she's ready to leave. That, she's she's trying to leave with, with Alice. She goes to, uh, she goes to an airport. She's about to leave. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, one of the runways like kind of morphs into this world, right? It was like a dream sequence or something. Mm. And then all of a sudden, her dead brother's there, and he starts to explain he, to her info dump. This is the this is what's happening, right? This that's what I'm saying. That's why I felt like so much was so ambiguous that they had to do that at the end, or else people were gonna go, "What the fuck is going?" I on? disagree. I don't think they should have included that scene. I think you would have ended going like, "Why? Why are they? What's happening?" Then fine. 
Yeah, leave because it that I had way, no huh? problem following this movie. I had absolutely none. <laughs> no, I could follow it easily, right? But it was like, why does he keep trying to like? What was the point to this? So we find out that this is an incestuous race of people who evolved over time from the ancient times when mm-hmm. their parents would basically sacrifice children to these panthers, and at some point they started mating, and at some point. They started putting out these kinds of half human morphing into panther things. And what happens is when they're in human form, if they have sex with anyone else except for their incestuous biological brothers or sisters, then they'll turn into a panther. And the well, only way to go back to being a human is to kill and eat. So let me ask you this. this which is, is amazing. Now, that's horrific. Yes, it is. Why don't you talk about that at the beginning? Like, find some ancient texts and, oh, my God, could it be this? That's fucking horrific. Then show us all that stuff go down. Because that's the not whole, the type of film they were making. That's true. That's not the type of They're film trying they were to making. make that's an erotic, true. erotic horror film. And so all of an it had to be erotic. elevated horror film. The story wasn't important. What was important was to see a whole lot of titties. A whole lot of pussy, a whole lot Hang of fucking, on, and a lot of incest if this was supposed uh, insinuation. To be, if this was supposed to be an erotic horror movie, yeah. and this is why this argument is bullshit. If this was supposed to be an erotic horror movie, this yeah. would have been a softcore porn with a Basically crappy was. horror twist. But it I wasn't. I say it was a crappy horror twist. It wasn't crappy horror twist. No, no, no. Twist, it wasn't it was a crappy horror. horror. I don't think this was even anywhere was close. Have you ever seen that. softcore porn? Maybe yeah. we're talking different time periods. Softcore okay, porn. when I say softcore, I'm talking about Cinemax. This is a yeah, movie you saw I late at night on Cinemax. Cinemax, dude. Cinemax scenes well, are a better lot quality. Longer, bro. Yeah, obviously. It's better quality. It's just considered a Hollywood film. But like There wasn't nearly enough full frontal nudity. Not enough. Dude, I was to like, consider it a Cinemax a movie. There was more than there enough. There was more there that was... they had to cut out because the actress asked them to cut it out. I was dude. gonna say, dude, this girl was naked almost the entire film. Yeah, I think it was only like 40% of the film she, she was either in a naked, nightgown bro. or naked. Yes, she was wearing nightgowns or blouses or dresses that were completely see-through with no underwear. Completely. She wasn't wearing... You can see her. She Plain as day. So she might as well have been naked the whole movie. Yes. Then you got Beverly. It's not erotic because it's then not about... Then you got Bev dropping her titties all over the place. I'm like, okay, How about when the one prostitute everywhere. fell down, fell backwards, and then yeah. her, her, and then her, it just popped open. open. When that happened, like, wow, I was like, how convenient. That's, when I thought that, I was like, oh, are we going that route? Is that the yes, kind of movie but, this is? But, and then the other prostitute who was laying in bed, giving him head, just like flailing all over the place. Her titties just fucking flying around, bro. This movie was like a Cinemax movie. I disagree. But better production quality and better storyline. I disagree because it wasn't about the sex in a sexualized manner. I don't know, dude. They're meant pushing to make that you erotic. uncomfortable. That's the whole erotic. point of it. There's a difference between nudity and sex to make it uncomfortable. Yeah. That's why they used the whole incest angle. And there's different between see, but we didn't see sex in the incest form. It was just no, implied, but, but all of next the sex to each we other. Saw they're next to each other. You got between Yeah, the maybe man you're right. Her, maybe because it's very ambiguous. The prostitutes. But you're supposed to put these things together and they're to supposed me, I was to just like, like clicking. This your dude brain just like wanted to write a pieces. whole lot of fucking sex, dude. And, Should have talked and to then, Wes Craven or Sean Cunningham. And then was like, what if we did a werewolf film? They're like, you can't do that. They did it's the ho- howl. He's like, all right, what if we did cats instead of dogs? He's like, all right, let's do it. He's like, let's do this movie. And 
guarantee 1942 you're not seeing fucking titties galore and like not unless you're going to a specific theater for i'm gonna have to check this out because i have to go back and watch that 42 version and see if it's what i remember because i don't remember it being this story no this was a lot i definitely remember the scene where she's sitting in central park uh sketching out the cat i remember that i remember that big time see i heard the only scene that they kept was the scene with the netto tool in the swimming pool really Mm -hmm. interesting Mm -hmm. i do remember that that's what i'm saying i don't remember a lot of this i have to go back and watch that okay so anyway back to the back to the story but that's what we find out that that's the story so then she comes back and he tells her you know you have to go back so she goes back and that's where i kept thinking what was that was that a dream sequence because we didn't see dream we didn't see her sleeping. Mm-hmm. We saw her literally in an airport walk into this tunnel, you know, down this tunnel into that world and back. So is this a more of a paranormal kind of movie? I mean, you have people turning into cats, so it's obviously not realism. So she goes back. She decides, all right, I'm going to fuck this dude. Peter McAllister gets gets lucky with her. And, Finally, Christ. He's and, been trying the whole movie, dude. Yeah, right. And we see her turn, which was great. I loved how she got up and you're like, okay, maybe she's not going to turn. And she went into the bathroom and then she was bleeding, and so she's like licking it, and all of a sudden that just like brought the hunger on. Mm-hmm. But we already knew there was something up with her because earlier in the film, when he first takes her out to this like little uh, this house he's got on this like that, little like little out of the oil, bayou, yeah, the bayou in this little like mini little island, um, she goes out at night, you know, while he's sleeping, butt naked, and again (laughs) and she's looking at the world through infrared visions like the way a cat would see it right and she basically hunts down a rabbit Mm, comes back covered in blood oh yeah that was a cool scene i like that i thought that was awesome too and it was see that's what i'm saying there's a lot of this that i did see horror so classic horror in terms of tension uh creep factor uh visually gore that kind of thing then the other side of horror where you have to think about that side of it like Mm -hmm. the the idea that when the story says that she has to have, if she has to have sex with her own kind, and if she doesn't want to, she ends up turning into this creature, which the only way to come back to being a human is to kill. Like it's this thing of like, the only way I have to have sex with my family or else I'm killing people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's horrific. So I, you see both those sides. Um, She goes back, she decides to sleep with them. And then she starts to turn. And that was awesome. Yeah. That looked fucking cool, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, the spine thing happening, even her titties shrinking. This wasn't away. on the scale of American Werewolf in London. No, but it was still executed just Done as perfectly well. for yeah. me. They used right amount of silhouettes, right amount of close-ups, right amount of shadow. It was yep. so good, uh, and it wasn't dragged out. No, 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 not too long. Nope. She wakes. Uh, she attacks Peter McAllister. He kind of holds her off. He looks her in the eyes and says, I think he says her name, right? Does he say Arena or something like that? Maybe. He says something, but it makes her kind of stop or the, the panther stop and then just jump out the window, takes mm-hmm. off. And uh, so he's like, I got to find her. You know, oh, she's out on a bridge now. They find out that she's on his bridge. So now him and his and, and Beverly are out there to see what can we do to help. This was one where I was just like, this scene's way too long. Because nothing really happened. They went there to watch it for a while, and then they w- it jumped off, right? But it was kind of like... They didn't... Hang on. They didn't have sex at the at the bayou. No, no, no. I'm sorry. It wasn't the bayou. It was at his place. Yeah. They yeah. had gone there previously because he just wanted to take her there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. It was the bayou. That's where she ends up. Yeah, because that's where she goes. So he sees this panther on the bridge. Um, 
they try to shoot it to sedate or to sedate it or kill it. I can't. I think remember. they were just trying to kill. Trying it to at kill this it. Point, dude. Jumps out. They thought the it was water. the same. Everybody thought it was the same panther. Yeah, the killer panther. Jumps out into the water and takes off. And he's like, I know where she's going. I showed her this house on the bayou. And that's where she's going. So he goes there. She's there as a human form. And she says. Why is she there in human form? Because, oh, yeah. Because she ended up killing the, 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 the caretaker. Uh, caretaker. Oof. She didn't kill him in a regular way either. Like, no. she didn't just rip him apart. No. She, like, brought him, him up into up, the dude. tree. Yeah. It's all fucked up, dude. Um. This is where it just made me feel like, what the... F- okay, I get this is why it feels like a Cinemax movie. Because the only way to f- save the wor- the day is for him to fuck her. She's like, the only way you're going to save us or save me is, is to have sex with me one last time. And he's like, all right, let's do this. He puts his gun down and just does it. And not just does it, he ties her up. Okay, keep going. Ties her up, dude. Okay. Gets the business in. Okay. And then, uh, what the fuck happened then? Uh, and then I don't think there was anything after that. Yeah, I think no. it went to black, and then it yeah. came up with him in the zoo, and she was and in the zoo. And she's there as a panther, yeah. As a yeah. panther in the exhibit. And he so he's taking it. care of her there. That's right. Yep. That's your film, bro. That's why I'm like, it still feels that like that. So when I say I enjoyed it, I did. I enjoyed it. There's a mm-hmm. lot I enjoyed about this. Um too much felt ambiguous to the point where you had to have an info dump at the end felt kind of like, ugh. okay. But My see, other biggest problem, bro. Okay. Where did this take place? New Orleans. I would never have known. Not one of them sounded like they were from New Orleans. No, but they said it. I know, but not one of them, <laughs> not one, every single actor, no, no, the no. cops, female, everybody, female. The, the the one lady did. Yes. And I think that was a fake accent too. Probably, that was dude. so like, that was kind of like, oof, you can't do that anymore these days. A lot of white people from New Orleans. Dude, that was some funny shit though. I thought to myself, you, you could have gotten some voice, like, you know, people out there to teach them how to, you know, linguistics, do something to change it up, make you That's feel big like with it. me. I always think about that. I, I do. That took me out of it. Like, Every time I kept like hearing voice a new coaches. person, another person, still no accent, still no accent. Like, what's happening here? <laughs> no one here has a New Orleans accent, a Nolens accent. Yeah. <laughs> but, dude, overall, man, you know, it was enjoyable. Would I go back and watch this again? Maybe. I it what it didn't draw me, man. I really? uh, the soundtrack was cool. Oh, dude, I love the soundtrack. Love the 80s synth. This is what oh, I'm about now. Man, now I'm like, dude. now we're getting into 80s. Now we're getting into the flavor of the 80s. Because when I say the flavor, it's like the look of things, the sound of things. The first few years of the decade, we have been coming out of 70s horror. So, so we're, we have so a lot still, of that. They yeah. still feel very 70s. But now, now we're starting to, this is a good way to show us a transition into 80s. Mm-hmm. 80s fashion is on display here now. What's yep. going to start becoming 80s fashion? Mm-hmm. Soundtrack. Um, David fucking Bowie. David Bowie, dude. Yeah. And then he gets the actual song at the end. He actually has mm-hmm. a theme. I was like, all right, all right, I'll, I'm down for the Bowie. Tell me. Tell me your love for this. Okay. I love this movie. Dude. I know. This dude. was such a good movie. Um, to me, like I said, the beginning reminded me of 2001. Yeah. And the movie yeah. itself reminded me very much of A Clockwork Orange. This, oh, to me, in my okay. opinion, is a very Kubrickian movie. It's I can very see that. much along that lines. It's it's the, the younger cousin of A Clockwork Orange because that movie was way before its time. So now is its time, and this is what was made instead of it. 
gotcha. during its time. Gotcha. Um, and not just because Malcolm McDowell's in it, but everything, the shots, the way the story is told, the music. I'm watching this and and the scenes are going and it's and I'm hearing the music and I'm like, damn, dude, this is Yeah. I've seen this before. This is great. Um, I had no problem following any of the storyline. I I agree with you with the info dump. They could have spaced the info out um uh, like uh like um midsummer does they do yeah. the same thing they yeah. tell you but they Thanks. don't do it all in one spot yeah. they yeah. give it to you throughout the movie so they should have done that okay um throughout the movie i had i i i there's this sort of relationship between the brother and sister that's on a different sort of wavelength than yeah. people are and it's that sixth sense that yeah. the animals have yeah and and I, I picked it up clearly, and that's what that... Yeah, you, you can definitely me, pick it up. To it's me, clear. that daydream, dream, whatever that was at the end, that was what that was. It was part of that. It was because of that. It's that that knowing and seeing each other. Why, the only question I have to that is why she didn't realize that was her brother in the zoo when she was drawing him, unless she did and she just wasn't saying anything, but I don't think that's the case. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it yeah, was because she was like, where have you been? And he's like, I was in prison. Yes. Yeah. And it was interesting to see that sort of relationship between them with that sort of element uh, with everybody else around him who doesn't have that and see that play in. Like, again, going back to the way he was looking at her. Yeah. It's incesty. I get it. How about it. when he was, for, like, when she's first there for the first night and he comes out and, and Famali's sitting there and looks at him and gives him this look and he looks at her like, don't judge me, bitch, and goes up the stairs anyway. I was like, damn. So that scene where he jumps on the yeah, bed. Yeah. They... Filmed it with him actually jumping off of the bed. And oh, then yeah, for the just movie, just played it forward or nice. played it reverse. Yeah. Nice. Um, I love stuff like that, dude. I love the little oh, yeah. tricks they used to pull back in the day to pull that off. Yep. Uh, shit, you can still do that today. Mm-hmm. Instead of having to do it and get somebody on a, on a fucking a rig to pull them up. I just saw recently, I was watching an episode of 30 Rock where they had a cat on screen. And so okay. they had the cat do this thing where it turns and it holds the look. But you can see this thing where there was like this this moment where it was starting to starting drag to back, back and then they fixed it, it again and then it went back again. It was like doing this little thing. <laughs> I was like, ah, I see what they're doing <laughs> to extend it. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, no, I loved this movie. This was a great movie. I'm definitely going to watch wow, this again. Wow, it yeah. hit you good, huh? This hit me real see, good. See, for me, it was like, this is, I was entertained as I was watching. There were times I'm like, what is happening? But as I started to follow it along, it was like, okay, now the story's happening. But then little things here and there kept com- coming up where it was like, it, the, hours of, uh, an, uh, the movie's an hour and 57 minutes. Yeah, it's a long movie. It could be less. And that's throughout the movie. There were times I when I was just like, you could go without this. I disagree, dude. You could do without that. You don't need this long view of her completely naked for this long. Like you could cut that down. I mean, and, we enjoy it. Don't see, get me wrong. We're enjoying it. But <laughs> but see, even going back to the storytelling wise, it's not necessary. No, that's true. But but again, like it's it's not about that necessarily. It's about making it more awkward and more uneasy and more cringy. When you do that, because most people are weird when it comes to nudity to begin with. Yeah. So you're showing them this hot girl on screen. Yeah, see, it wasn't and you're making, making them feel awkward. I don't know. Was, I thought it was, it, was, a, like, it, it wasn't awesome. making me feel awkward, but I could but, see, I could see that's kind of what the intention of that is. Yeah. I didn't view the sex and the nudity as sex and nudity for sex and nudity's sake. See, I saw it, it as part like of, it. part of the story and it was, it was more there as an, as, as an added flavor for me it felt like the writer or the director on this 
This was this was a conscious decision because he just wanted the nudity. Like he wanted that on there. It had nothing to do well, with you could you could take the nudity out completely from this entire movie and still t- tell the same story and effectively without any nudity at all. The amount of nudity is just not necessary. And listen to me, dude, trying to argue against nudity in a film. Give me a break. Like I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. All right. See, I disagree. However, I think it gave an element of elegance to the movie. See, but I don't think it's people. necessary. I'm not saying it is necessary. I'm not saying it's necessary. Felt very much overdone, okay. and I had to remind myself this is '82, right? We're going to start really. Uh, I get your argument. More, I can right? understand that. We're going to see a whole lot more of oh this. Oh my coming. god, yes, but, and, and just sex and nudity for sex and nudity's sake. Yeah, but to it, sell tickets. It felt almost like a, um, a Cronenberg style thing. Like this is kind of just like. It's just done because, you know, he just wants to see them titties on screen. And, and it very well could have been, dude. Because, I mean, look I mean, at what I had you read earlier, dude. I was going to say, you've got some, you've got some trivia or, or some, like, little facts for us in a little bit here. But, yeah, listen, I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy the film watching that. Obviously. Mm-hmm. No complaints in terms of, is that nice to see? Sure, it's nice to see. In terms of me wanting to watch it to get into a horror film and get into a story, I kept feeling like, okay, see, I don't need this. Like the second that the first time we ever get it is when she, the prostitute falls down and then her top just pops open. That's where they lost me in that regard. Like if you started showing the nudity in other ways, that was more animalistic, right? That mm-hmm. makes sense. Or in a sensual way, that makes sense. But when it when the very first time it happens, it's this kind of goofy way, and it's just like, true, yes, here's some no, boobies. Then it feels like everything else moving forward is all tainted by the fact that he just wanted to be this way. You know what I mean? Then it feels like Jesus like Christ. Can this woman put? <laughs> can this woman put clothes on? Like how? Like I bet you she has her clothes off more minutes wise in this film than she has them on. Probably, you know I what I mean. It. So that's what I'm saying. I think I think maybe if he had handled it better or a certain way, then it's not a big deal how much there would have been. But it feels like that first scene really changed the perception of the point to the nudity, and so it felt like it was unnecessary, like it was just kind of just being gratuitous at points. So let me ask you this, ready as an argument: This wasn't a horror movie made for you and me. No, nah, probably not. This is a horror movie made for people who aren't necessarily akin to horror movies, who aren't used to horror movies. I think they'd look at this as more well, aside from the gore, because even the tense, like the 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 um those like kind of tense and creepy moments aren't really that scary. I think aside from the gore, people would never have classified as horror. This would be more of an erotic thriller. Okay, yeah. That's I can how see I would see argument. it. I can see big that. time. Like Cinemax movie. <laughs> no, dude, it's it cool. First played. I wonder if it first played on Cinemax. That'd be funny. I'm sorry, Skinamax. Right? Wouldn't that be funny? No, I mean it's cool that that you liked it as much as you did because that's see that's the thing I like about doing shows like this too. Because if you just get along with or say the same thing about, about how the you same movies, yeah. yeah, then after a while it's like okay, these guys are both gonna love this movie. They're both yeah. gonna love it. For me, it was meh. For you, you were loving it, like, and that's great. Damn, dude. dude, I think it's great. But you know what it makes me do though, because I respect your opinion. I'm like I'll have to watch that again. See and what I missed. What where he's coming from? Because I've means. only seen it once. A okay. lot of times we'll watch these movies for for our show, and the first time I'll see it, I'll be like, oh, I don't know if I liked it. And then I watch it again right before we record, and I go, Wow, I actually did like. Let's it. Let's watch this one on the projector outside the cabin in Allegheny. <laughs> Not think we all these, kicked out. All these little kids walking by. Can we watch this with you? Yeah, sure, <laughs> no problem. Moms are like, Hey, what are you showing them? Hey, it's nature. 
Don't worry about it. It's a uh, it's a National Geographic documentary, documentary about, about the these... uh, about the way cougars and uh, not cougars. It's a uh, race of people. Leopards were kept back in the day. A certain society that is incestuous. They're like, wait, what? You oh, know what? Man. But you know what? Okay, go back four hundred years ago. Our ancestors were like that. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's all over the place, man. Yeah. It's in the Bible, man. There's yeah, the incest dude. is a th- it's a taboo subject. It really and is. when you touch on it, then it becomes even more kind of like, and especially if you use it in the horror film industry, right? Yeah. Then it makes it even creepier and dirtier and more kind of horrific. Um, but yeah, dude. I, again, wasn't a bad movie. I'm not going to say that. Not even close to being a bad. Oh movie. no, not a, not even um, close. I feel like there could have been some things done with the film to make it better for me personally. Okay. For other people, it might have hit them perfect. Okay, but for well, me, you know I what, needed though? certain things. You know what? It's it's not always about you, Chris. Exactly. <laughs> no, definitely. 100%. That's why I'm not the kind of person that says my view on a movie is what's right. And if yeah, you don't see yeah. it that way, then you don't understand movies. That's why movies. I don't like listening to critics, man. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> fuck those Twitter haters, bro. Just I'm going to love, one person I'm gonna says love one Malignant thing now just shit. without even seeing it. I'm going to yeah. love it. I'm just going to start tweeting how much I love the film. And I didn't even watch like, it oh, yet. what was your favorite film? I've never seen the fucking thing. <laughs> but I love it because you hate it so much. Um, yeah, dude, I'm not hating on it, dude. Uh, and, and if if people do love it, that's their thing. And it's, that's cool. I'm glad that there's a movie that can affect them that way right yeah like i'm glad you it made you be like man i love this it's great when you come across a piece of art where you're just like holy shit right yeah gotta look for that soundtrack too. the score super cheap dude oh they have it yeah you can get it on vinyl it's not that Wait, expensive what? it's like five bucks maybe yeah. ten bucks bro get it on discount. it's nice dude yeah it's i was gonna nice get it the other night. i mean it's a nice score man i really enjoyed that a lot definitely yeah. loving the synth so mm. can't wait to buy, uh, dive into more movies give us some fireside tidbits dude what fireside you got for tidbits okay so what we were talking about uh our director paul schrader uh I guess um, him and uh, Natasha were having an affair. If that's how you pronounce her name, I think that's how it is. Yeah. They were having an affair, and then uh, right after everything was done, she cut him off. And then he she finally got in contact dude. with her, and she he said, He had to honey. track her down. Like, that's fucked up, bro. <laughs> she said, honey, I sleep with all my directors, <laughs> and you were difficult. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. She dropped that on him. But let's not forget, this is also the guy who wrote um, uh, Raging Bull and Taxi Driver. Okay. I did want to point that out as well. So the Taxi Driver piece I can see because there's still that weird kind of underage thing happening there. Mm-hmm. Jody but Foster. Raging Bull, man. I didn't know he wrote Raging Bull. Yep. Interesting. He was part of the writing team on it, I gotcha. think. There was a couple people. Gotcha. But yeah, yeah. Um, the soundtrack uh, is awesome. Um, yeah. That's a fireside tidbit. Um, <laughs> Get it. Again, like I said, that shot of Malcolm McDowell jumping on the bed was backwards. I love when they do those cool little camera things like that. Man. It was sweet. Um, they do force perspective, too, I think, a couple times when there's oh, the sure. humans with the animals. Because there's the one when in the dream sequence where he leans against the tree and the, the panther's right there just literally hissing at him. But you can almost tell that it's this thing where he seems like he's much closer than the panther, that it was just kind of forced. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, well, I don't doubt it. Don't doubt it. I mean, these um, are live animals they were working with, too. I did read uh, that they weren't um, leopards, so 
No, I heard they were Panthers, Cougars right? or oh, Panthers. Cougars? I heard they were Cougars painted black because Panthers are hard to train. And they painted these poor babies. I guess so, dude. That's horrible, bro. That's what I'm saying. These animals were not treated well oh, in this movie. Man. So it's kind of like, oh, what a great movie. But at the same time, I know how these things were treated. But also think about Ed Beasley. That's the guy's name. He oh, gets his yes, arm ripped yes. off. Okay. There's also the scene where Ed Beasley is, is inside an enclosed pen with an orangutan. Oh, yeah. And they're just sitting there watching TV. Now, people have been known, like primates have been known to just kind of snap at the drop of a dime and rip people's faces well, off. Did you ever see the episode, uh, the SNL episode where, um, uh, who the fuck was it? Uh, Jason Bateman, I think, almost got attacked by a chimpanzee. No. It was the end of the show. They did a skit earlier with the chimpanzee. And then the end of the show, they brought the chimp out with everybody. And he bent down to go to the chimp and the chimp went off and like swung its arm at him. Yeah, dude. Dang, dude. Yeah, and you got to catch it real quick because right after it happens, they cut to another angle just because that's what they do when they, they close don't out the show. show that, dude. Well, it wasn't even that. It was just time to cut to uh, a different angle. Dang, dude. That's crazy. Yeah, dude. Yeah, man. But so a lot of people, I saw them. That Like, I'm watching in some of these scenes. I'm like, they're working with these animals. They're yeah. right there with the animals. Yep. Interesting. Hmm. Yep. Not bad. No. Like I said, not um, bad. It's not my cup of tea. It was an, it was an enjoyable. I can see why it has its place. But uh, what's our next film? Uh, I still got more info to dump here, dude. Oh, sorry, dude. Let I thought that was your last piece. Dump, sorry, go on. I don't know how to write a proper Bring horror fil- uh, uh, podcast, so I'm just info dumping <laughs> at the end here. You're not sprinkling it out. Throughout. No, no, not at all. Uh, okay, so we have two effects, special effects individuals on this movie. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, Lance Anderson. Um, he worked on Jurassic Park. I was going to say that name's familiar. Okay. Cabin in the Woods, uh, Dawn of the Dead, the 2004 yep. one. Nice. Uh, Planet of the Apes, Bruce Almighty, uh, Shocker, Pet Cemetery, amongst other things. Nice. So we'll be back with him. Nice. Uh, seeing his work. The other guy, Thomas Berman, um, we'll be seeing him again, um, most notably in one of yours. One of your favorites in the same year because it's coming up this hey, year. Halloween 3. Halloween 3. Yes. I was wondering how long it was going to take. But, oh, wait. We've already seen his crafty work. In what? My Bloody Valentine. Oh, my God. All oh, right. and well, we didn't watch it for the show, but Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Okay. okay. And Teen Wolf as well as The Goonies. Dude, he's got quite a resume. Yes, he does. Okay. And John Hurt will be back for Chud. Yes, yes, yes. We'll be back with Peter McAllister once again. Man. That's all I got. I'm looking forward to our next one. What's it going to be? Uh, the next movie on the list. You know, you would think. How long have we been doing this show? You think we'd know by now. And have well, it you would think go. that I would have the list up and ready to go. <laughs> but I don't learn my lesson. Ah, Basket Case. Oh, have you seen this? I've never seen this. I, I rem- really don't know anything about this. I remember this. seeing this on one of those creature feature afternoons. Oh, okay. I'll always remember it because it's it's memorable. Okay. Now, like, I'm not going to say I remember it in like, oh, it was a great movie. Can't tell you. Don't remember what the story's about. But I you just, just remember, remember memorable. a couple scenes and I it's always in my head just seeing these couple scenes. There's a Joe Hill graphic novel that I got just came out recently. Um, uh, A Basket Full of Heads. I wonder if there are anything alike. Probably not. Find out. This will be what if what if they are? What if they're the same thing and he just plagiarized? <laughs> and we're about to catch him. That'd be messed up, dude. That'd be messed up. We're like, hey, remember that old I don't know movie? how I don't know if I could do that. Basket case. I don't know if I could do that to him. We're gonna destroy him. He's such a beloved nah, man. figure. I don't think that's the case. Um nah. oh, oh, but wait, wait. Joe Hill will be back this season too. Wasn't he in the original creep show? 
Or was that the second one? No, he is. I thought so. Oh, Wait, no, no, yeah, no. With Tom second Atkins. One. Second one. He's in the second one. Creep was Show the 2. One? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. He's in Creep Show 2. Well, his father will be Creep coming Show up. Two. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, all right, dude. Let's get out of here. Let's okay. go ahead and yeah, tell him where to find us on long. social uh, media. OOTS Pod on Twitter. And we're on Facebook, Instagram, and the Slasher app for all you horror aficionados out there uh, at Out of the Shadows Podcast. Please come interact. Please comment, like, retweet. Also, just interact. Say hi. Yeah. My, my my job is a drab, man. Just say hi. Give me some sort of smile on my face. Uh, and again, please let us know how we're doing. Also, come check out Jim guesting on my other podcast, oh. Silence Your Phones. Oh, yes. It'll be out this week as well. So as, as if after I don't you're done have listening, enough movies to already watch. Yeah, right. There you go. Actually, same day. This comes out same day. Ah, very nice. Just come check me here. Well, I'm go check me. I'm out sorry. Time. No, next week. They're listening to this this week. You'll be out next week. Ah, so you'll be out next week. Come back next week. Yes, kids. sir. You'll definitely be out next week. So, uh, yeah, we're going to uh, we're going to talk Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure on that one. Cool. That'll dude. be good times. Um, and the last thing I have to say here is. Um, Welcome to spooky dookie season. Yeah. Make sure finally. to get your scares and frights in now. Yes. Uh, shadow people uh, and keep them coming. Keep bringing them until Halloween, man. Hell yeah, dude. I've been last year was a, a last year was a lame Halloween. We need to recoup and, and have a good one this year. So I think it's, it. I have a feeling it's going to be, it's going to be a good Halloween this year. Uh, head over to the website guys, BICBP radio.com. Check it out. Give some support to some of the other podcast creators out there. Um, yeah that's it come back next week we're jumping into uh some more 80s horror with basket case until then make sure to keep your eye on the shadows